This is The Scoop on Life. We appreciate you for joining us. Uh, Lauren and Chase here with you back again, and uh, we have an exciting guest uh, that is joining us today. We have Claire Colwell. She is a, a twin abortion survivor, and uh, we're going to be talking to her today about her story. Uh, she's an internationally known pro-life speaker. She's been featured on Fox News and Focus on the Family, uh, to just name a couple. Uh, also, uh, she has a book coming out next year in April. It's called Survivor. So we are very excited to have Claire Colwell here on The Scoop on Life. Welcome in, Claire. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And I just mentioned you are a, a twin abortion survivor. So, uh, Claire, just take a few minutes and tell us your story. Well, thank you, uh, first of all, for this opportunity. I think that this is an important conversation that we need to be having uh, today in our culture, in our communities, in our families. Um, the issue on life is so important. And you may be listening today and, and maybe you're like me. You think, well, I will never be someone who will be affected by abortion. And that is exactly what I thought for 20, the first 21 years of my life. I woke up every single day and I took my life for granted. And I thought the person who's been affected by abortion is not someone in my family. It's not someone in my church. It's not someone in my community. It's not someone in my neighborhood. It's someone that is completely different from me. But then I met my birth mother and I sat face to face with her as I heard about her abortion um, that successfully aborted my twin. And I realized in that moment that I was the person who had been affected by abortion. And it humanized uh, not only the unborn baby for me, but also the woman who is in an unplanned pregnancy, doesn't know what she's gonna do, is looking for a sign, desperately wants someone to stand up for her and no one does. And so I realized that I needed to share my story. And my hope that as you hear it is that you will be able to put a face and a name uh, with that unborn child and with that woman like my birth mother who is looking for someone like you to stand in the gap for her. So I'll back up a little bit. My sister and I are both adopted and my sister had the opportunity to meet her birth mother. And we were excited about that because for, for our entire life, adoption was our normal. I mean, we remember growing up and people would be like, well, gosh, sorry that you're adopted or what was it like at the orphanage? <laughs> we were like, what are y'all talking about? I mean, adoption was just such a positive thing for us. We were told our entire lives that we were wanted, chosen, and loved. And so when it came to meeting our birth mothers, even though we didn't know what that would look like to meet them, what we would find out, we, we knew who we were. We knew who we were in our family, that we were wanted, chosen, and loved, and we knew who we were um, in, in what God says that we are. And so we, we kind of went into this with that mindset. And so my sister had her reunion with her birth mother and it was incredible and just picture perfect uh, in my mind as, as someone from the outside kind of looking in, I thought, well, if this is what it looks like, I want that. I mean, she got to see who she looked like, who she acted like, have this incredible 
building this incredible relationship with her birth mother. Um, and I had the opportunity to thank my sister's birth mother for giving me my sister. And that was the moment that changed things for me. I started to think about my birth mother. Um, I was 20 at this point and I, I just thought, well, if, if nothing else, she deserves to hear thank you because she gave me this incredible gift like my sister's birth mother did. They completed our families. And so I decided to meet my birth mother and had obviously no idea that I would find out such shocking news. Um, but I gave her this ring and a necklace with my birthstone on it. And this was our second meeting. Our first meeting had gone so well that we wanted to continue that relationship and I wanted to continue to be around people that I looked like and acted like and had things in common with. But even more than that, I just wanted to um, maybe break down the lies that my birth mother believed about herself that she wasn't a good enough mother because I knew that she was the best mother for me in giving me my life and my family, not knowing um, that I had survived her abortion at that point. And so I got her this ring and this necklace and I got there for a second meeting and I gave them to her and I watched as she opened this gift and she was crying really happy tears and in with the gift I had included a card and I had written thank you for choosing life for me love Claire on the card and after she opened the gift she opened the card and she read those words and I watched as everything changed and I watched as her expression changed and her tears turned from happy to sad and and she began to shake and honestly I I, I look back and and think I've never seen a pain like that before in someone's eyes I I still have never seen a pain like that in someone's eyes and I, I was so confused in that moment thinking, this is supposed to be such a, a happy moment. I mean, I'm giving my birth mother this gift and I'm saying the words she's probably wanted to hear for 21 years at this point, um, but everything wasn't fine. And she took me into this other room and we sat down on the bed and, and she turned and faced me and with tears streaming down her face, she described being a 13-year-old little girl and pregnant and being told that there weren't choices for her. There was, there was one choice and that was to have an abortion. And so my birth mother did. Her mother, uh, who made these choices for her, took her to a clinic. She had a D&E dismemberment late-term abortion. And that D&E dismemberment late-term abortion tore my twin's body apart limb by limb but miraculously left my body untouched because I was an undetected twin and they did uh, request a second abortion after my birth mother realized that she was still pregnant a few weeks later um, she had gone home and told was told that her life would go back to normal but but it didn't and they said that they couldn't perform a second abortion because the sack that I was in um, had been broken during the abortion that uh, successfully took the life of my twin. And I was uh, born at 30 weeks. I weighed three pounds, two ounces. I had a dislocated hip and club feet. 
uh, when I was born. I like to say that those are my daily reminders that I am a twinless twin and I'm an abortion survivor in the name of choice. Um, and so I, I have some chronic pain doctors. Uh, some doctors will say that, that abortion survivors' bodies, they remember, uh, that we remember the, the fight or flight um, that we were in. We remember fighting for our lives in the womb. Um, I, I've heard that that I subconsciously, my body remembers that I had a twin, that there's something missing. In fact, I, I used to think growing up, like, where's my brother? Don't, aren't, aren't I supposed to have a brother? And we don't know what, what my twin was, a boy or a girl, but I like to think that um, maybe it was the, the son that my parents never had because my parents would have adopted us both. And so as you can imagine, I, I'm sitting here with my birth mother finding these things out for the first time. And I'm realizing, like I said before, that I am the person who has been affected by abortion. And, and bigger than that, my birth mother's the person who's been affected by abortion and lied to by the abortion industry and not told that she has a choice and not empowered uh, to, to really live her, her best life as a mother, as God created us to be. Um, and, and even more than that, it, it, I realized that there were generations of people being affected by abortion, whether they know it or not. Um, my daughter, I, I'm a mother now. I have four children. I uh, married my husband, David, and he was a single dad. And then we have one, I have one biological daughter with him. And I've had the privilege of being mom and raising his other, uh, his three children with him as well. Uh, but the day that my daughter was born, she's seven years old now. Uh, but I didn't realize how, how hard it would hit me when I, I held my daughter for the first time and realized that her life, she wouldn't be here if that abortion had successfully dismembered my body as it was meant to, like it did to my twin. And so there's, there's this generational effect to abortion that I had never thought of. And so I've spent the last uh, 11 years sharing my story. I stepped foot on a stage uh, eight months after I met my birth mother, six months after she told me about her abortion, because there was no turning back for me. I realized that abortion was not um, this, this political issue or this hush-hush issue that we've made it as a, a culture and a society. It's an issue that affects every single one of us to some degree, whether we know it or not. And so it's a human issue. It's a soul issue. It's a heart issue. And I couldn't sit back any longer. I couldn't sit on the sidelines and be quiet and not share a story that could humanize a woman like my birth mother and a child like me and a little girl like my daughter, Sadie June, who wouldn't be here if that abortion had taken my life. And so um, I have been sharing my story for a while. I'm excited for people to be able to read about it, read even more stories than just my uh, moment meeting my birth mother, but really see the full picture because there has been so much redemption, so much healing, so much forgiveness that has taken place 
throughout the past 11 years as we've navigated what it means for me and my family and my birth mother and my birth mother's family uh, for us to embrace that abortion has hurt us, but there is hope and there is healing and there is redemption. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, share that with, with anybody who's interested in reading the book and just kind of continuing the conversation. And um, yeah, that's my story. Well, and Claire, one thing that has really captivated me about your story is, and one thing that I appreciate and um, would just thank you for is that I, I feel like you have had such a amazing perspective where in sharing your story, it hasn't sounded like you're the victim and you're, you know, you're the one who, um, I don't know the way you tell your story is such, like you just said, it's, it's been such a picture in my mind of grace and how you, you know, that your mom, your birth mother was also a victim in the sense that she had that abortion forced on her. And so, whereas you could easily, um, be hurt and, and view yourself as the victim of, um, a choice that was made for your birth mother when she was just 13 years old. I really, I really love how in telling your story, you talk about, um, her hurt and the thing that she was forced into and how it's affecting both of you now. Um, but one thing also that you just said that y'all have been through a lot of redemption and grace and forgiveness. And so that's obviously a grace of God, um, in y'all's relationship and the way that you have chosen forgiveness for her. But I know that that can't have always been easy. So can you just talk for a second? Um, how have you personally trusted in, in God's promises and chosen to walk in forgiveness, even when it's been, been difficult? And then what would you also say maybe to someone who's dealing with the pain of abortion, whether it's a survivor or whether it's someone who was forced into one or chose one, just what, what would your encouragement be? Yeah, I think so much for asking that. I think that the reason that I have been able to respond the way that I have is one, because I knew what my parents told me all my life. The reason that they told me that I was wanted, chosen, and loved is because they knew that not only they they felt like that about me, but that that is what God says about me, that he wants me, that he loves me, that he chose me, and that he has forgiven me. And so I, I was raised on grace and love and forgiveness. And so I owe so much credit to my upbringing and to um, the, the positive words that were spoken about adoption, the words that were spoken about who I am because of who Christ says I am. Um, I, I definitely owe a lot of, of credit to that. And so when I sat in that room with my birth mother that day, her pain the, the look in her eyes, the tears in her eyes, they spoke louder than any other word in that room. And I know that I, I went home and I, I don't even think I processed what abortion had done to me because I was still processing what abortion had done to her. And it, it has been a journey of realizing like, okay, abortion has hurt me too. And abortion has, has taken things from the people around me, the people in my family. I mean, gosh, what are we missing? Because my twin isn't here. Right. Um, we'll never know those things, but, but her pain helped me empathize with the woman who has chosen abortion, regardless of if I was the victim. Um, and, and I think that I, 
I honestly have never thought about myself as a victim because I know and I trust that God wrote my story perfectly for me and that he has this perfect plan that is bigger than any plan I could have ever written for myself, any plan that I could have ever dreamt up or imagined. I mean, I, I honestly, I was hoping to be a nurse and do home care, home health care, like one-on-one with people. I'm in, I'm 100% an introvert, but God gave me this story and he gave me this purpose so that I can give a face and a name and a story um, with the people who have been affected by abortion in so many different ways. And so it's, it's been easy for me to trust that God has, has paved the way for me, that he's gone before me because he has always um, shown me as I look back on so many different pieces of my life that he knows what is best for me. And I knew going into meeting my birth mother that there could have been things that I found out, um, but that God had forgiven my birth mother, um, just like he had forgiven me. And that what he offered, uh, what he did for us on the cross and dying for our sins and offering this relationship with him and um, this promise of spending eternity with him if we tr- place our trust in him, um, that that wasn't just available for me. Um that was available for someone like my birth mother too. And so the right response for me was to offer uh, forgiveness to my birth mother on my end. Mm-hmm. And, and what I would say to this person who has experienced abortion in some way that I am just like you. I mean, I, I struggle and I question and I wonder and I hurt. Um, but at the end of the day, there is forgiveness and there is hope and there is help. And so I would encourage you to link arms with people. Um, There are organizations and ministries that want to walk alongside you, want to enter into your healing journey with you um, because there is, there is hope and light after an abortion experience and God can use um, it, well, he says he he turns beauty into ashes. He can use the pieces of our brokenness to bring glory to him. And that's what I've seen him do as I've been able to step out of my comfort zone and been able to fully release my pain and anxiety and discomfort and, um, you know, regret or whatever it is. Uh, link to the abortion experience that my birth mother and I have had, as I've been able to release that to him, he has shown me that he will glorify, um, that his name will be glorified through that. And so I would just encourage you to reach out and prayerfully consider um, allowing God to get into your yuckiness with you, get into your, your pain and your grief and your regret and your confusion and he will do a work inside of you well and claire i uh, i just love your story and i love the way you tell it as i mentioned somebody told me one time that you know as christians we shouldn't view ourselves as the victims but rather the stewards of what um, our lives hold you know because god is sovereign and god is in control so our responsibility is to say how am i going to steward this 
hard thing, you know, that's in my life. And so I appreciate you doing that and sharing your story in that way. And, and Claire, you found out, uh, your story, um, from your birth mother when you, when you met with her. So tell us briefly, uh, what has been your ministry since then? And what is your ministry now in this? Oh, thanks for asking about that. I, um, so I stepped foot on a stage, as I mentioned, about eight months after I met my birth mother, and uh, I just kind of never looked back. I have uh, spoken at hundreds and hundreds of events. I use my story to come alongside organizations like pregnancy resource centers and pro-life grassroots organizations and um, pro-life pregnancy center. Oh, I already said that. Adoption agencies. And I have uh, recently, let's see, in the past year and a half, I have used my testimony to testify on behalf of legislation that does empower women like my birth mother and does protect the life of uh, unborn babies like my twin, like myself. And so that's been really incredible to be a part of. Um, I have a podcast where I am interviewing, uh, using my platform to interview other people who are stepping out of their comfort zone for things that matter, including pro-life issues. And so that's called Called to be Bold. And you can find that on all major podcast platforms. And then, of course, my book is coming out in April. It's called Unplanned. And that will also be available at um, Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, Christian bookstores, etc. And so, um, I, I I like to look at my ministry as just an opportunity for God to um, give voice to people who feel like I I don't have a story related to abortion that I know of, um, but I'm willing to start talking because I think that that's the most important thing that we can do right now is actually have the conversation. And that's something that's so scary for so many people. But the more that we talk about things that matter, the more that we will create change and we will create a culture that truly values life and empowers women through um, how strong they are and how capable they are of being uh, mothers and uh, doing the things that they love. And so um, lots of opportunities ahead. I would love it if people um, joined me for this crazy uh, roller coaster ride that I've been on for the past 11 years. You can um, find me at my website, clairecolwell.com or on social media at Claire Colwell. And I would just love to ask uh, people who are listening um, for your prayers as I continue to step out um, boldly and share my face with the world. Um, because as you know, my face is offensive. My existence is offensive and my survival is offensive because it exposes truth. And so, um, I would, I would love for people to join alongside me in prayer. 
Well, Claire, thank you so much for your honesty and your vulnerability and your willingness to share your story. And, and we will. And, and Chase and I will pray for you as you continue to, um, like you said, be the voice, be the face of, of this. And thank you for sharing your story. And thanks for joining us on The Scoop on Life today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being bold and sharing something like this. It will make a difference. Of course. Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you.